This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. What I'm going to be doing moving forward is after the show, we're going to be having daily podcasts. So this is my first one. We're talking about Nipsey Hustle today. So things are going to be kind of current. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to I Am Karen Hunter on The Hub. I'm looking forward to building with you guys. So let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think about what I'm saying here because this is the only way we can communicate. But we're building pyramids. We're building Black Wall Streets, but we're also building individual souls. So let's get it. Y'all. I hope you enjoy. Stay tuned. I want to spend a portion of the day today, at least the first 30 minutes to an hour, talking about Nipsey Hustle. But I'm not going to talk about Nipsey Hustle in a normal way. I'm going to talk about him in the Karen Hunter way, the way we do everything here on mission. I was uh, reading several stories about this gentleman, this young man's life, and the things he was doing. And what jumped out at me um, was that, you know, you know the saying that, you know, this isn't a sprint. Life isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. Life isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. Well, I'm going to take it one step further. It's neither a sprint nor a marathon. It is a relay race. And each of us, each of us, we're responsible for running our leg and setting the table to pass the baton so that we can all win. This is a relay race. Nick Cannon tweeted out that he's about to take the baton and run with it and it sparked something in me because I said of course we've been doing this all wrong we've been running races and sprints and marathons but what it is is a collective that we don't win we don't cross the finish line by ourselves we cross the finish line together we can't run this race none of us this thing called life by ourselves we need a family we need a crew we need support there's a line in the Jay-Z song where he says, you know, I want all my crew to be rich. Your, your whole crew should be rich because something I'm paraphrasing right now. So so if anyone falls, we're all crutches, meaning like there's a safety net for each and every one of us. And I say all of this to say that Nipsey Hussle was murdered. He was murdered, gunned down brutally, cold-blooded murder in Los Angeles. He was born August 15th, 1985. His given name was Ermius. Davidson Asgidun, Asgidum. I don't know how to pronounce that because I'm not Eritrean. That's where his family's originally from. We're going to talk a little bit about Eritrea later. It's in Africa. But this gentleman was a rapper. That's what they'll say. Rapper, Nipsey Hussle, Los Angeles native. He was he was very active in his community. Um, but what stuck out for me, a couple of things that I just want to go over. Uh, first of all, he had been trying to be a rapper for a while. He was a hustler. Hence the hustle last name, moniker. He was a hustler in South Los Angeles, Southwest Los Angeles. For a while, he was part of a gang, uh, the Crips. You know, that that this is what the, the stories will tell you, right? But what they don't tell you is that, you know, the Crips, yeah, notorious. Yes, yes, they brutalize and terrorize neighborhoods, but they don't have to, right? And they didn't always. It's a particular culture that has arisen, and it's primarily because the OGs that actually set forth the rules of engagement were all locked up. And so what you have are the the knockoffs, the mediocre. And I'm not praising or, or glorifying gangs. What I'm saying is there's a purpose for everything as we run this relay race. There's a purpose for everything in our community. And early days, and, and there's some of you OGs out there who survived, who can call and verify this, there was a code 
of ethics on the on the streets. There was a way in which people moved and it was about protection of territory and turf turf that nobody owned, which makes it a little oxymoronic. But it was there was also a, a way that people engaged and there were things that were off limits that no longer off limits because now you have knockoffs and mediocre people standing in the gap of leadership. And we see it at every level in our community, unfortunately. Facsimiles of real leadership. When Martin and Malcolm were murdered, what came up behind them wasn't better. It was a facsimile. They were pretending, pretending at leadership, not actually being leaders because leadership requires a sacrifice that not many people are willing to give up. And unfortunately, Nipsey Hussle gave the ultimate sacrifice in his life. But I think about him and I think about Fred Hampton. 20-something-year-old Fred Hampton in Chicago, part of the Black Panther Party, one of the leaders in the Black Panther Party. He was uh, somebody that had vision for not just his community, for the country, for the world, right? He wanted to educate. He wanted to feed people. He wanted to feed people not just good food, but nourishment of the mind. He was very, very active across the country with college groups and with white, poor white folk in the rural areas in Illinois. And he was bringing everybody together because he had a vision that if people eat, If people aren't hungry, if people have opportunities, if people can see their way through a thing, through education, then everybody rises. Then everybody can eat if people understand what the process is. So at 23, 22 years old, 21 when he started, Fred Hampton had a vision that had to be cut down. But Fred Hampton was running a marathon, not a relay race. And unfortunately, When Fred Hampton was murdered that night, there was nobody to pick up the baton. Not many. I mean, we could talk about, you know, there's several documentaries on the Black Panther Party, but that man was the soul because that man had a vision beyond picking up guns and giving great fiery speeches. He had a vision that would sustain us. And by us, I mean this this whole entire country and world. He had a world vision. But because a lot of times when you're running this race, you are so focused on doing the doing the things that you need to do to get through it and I'm talking to myself right now that you forget to set forth the blueprint so that somebody can pick up the baton and you and I guess at 20 who has who has a notion that they're not going to be here at 33 which is Nipsey Hussle's age who thinks they're not going to be here at 23 at 33 or even 43 nobody considers not being here And unfortunately, the fear of not being here is the other thing that keeps us from doing the things we need to do, like set forth a succession plan. Let's like set forth a blueprint, because in doing a blueprint or a will or any kind of succession plan, you're you're writing down the reality that you won't be here. Right. And in not being here, then you're you're afraid of not being here, which is why a lot of people after Fred Hampton was murdered, uh, you know, shuffled off into their lives. That that work is dangerous. That, that work is too hard. Hey, I could die. I could be killed by by absolutely bucking the system and deciding to put forth a new system of education and, and a new way of making money and a new way. Yeah, yeah, I could die, so I'm not doing that because I could die. But guess what? You're all going to die. Every single person listening to my voice will not be here one day. And the question you have to ask yourself is, what will be my legacy? 
What will I leave behind? Some of you will leave behind some beautiful, gorgeous children that will do some wonderful things in the world. Some of you may, because we have a lot of tech people out there, may create something that will make life easier for everybody. There'll be some great leadership uh, potential out there as well. And we're going to have some a couple of people on the show today that are going to talk to that very thing that I'm talking about. But for the vast majority of people listening to my voice, you have no clue what your legacy is going to be because you aren't you aren't putting together the blueprint right now to make sure that it's going to there's even going to be a legacy. You aren't shoring that up right now. And I'll say this, you know, because I'm going to talk more about Nipsey Hussle in a minute, but I want to bring this home. This is not a sprint. This is not a marathon. This is a relay race. And if you don't have someone to pass the baton to with all the wonderful work that you're doing, and if you haven't set forth a blueprint for how to continue to do this wonderful work, it will die with you. And that's the shame because somebody will have to start all over again when we shouldn't have to. And that's kind of been the narrative. I, I lament Fred Hampton murdered damn near 50 years ago. And there hasn't been anything like that in Chicago. And there are a lot of leaders in Chicago. You figure that out. You figure that out, right? A lot of leaders in Chicago, right? And Chicago is still one of the most corrupt, one of the most violent, one of the most non-led cities in this country, especially for black people. Now, that may change this month with the election of the first black woman, because it's going to be a black woman mayor of the city of Chicago. And it was going to change with Harold Washington. But guess what happened to him? He died. So what happened? The baton didn't get passed, and we have waited now damn near 30 years for another black person to be mayor of Chicago? I don't know, but I do. I'm saying something today, and I want to say it very clearly because it's part of the message and mission of this show. I've often said I want everyone listening to my voice to be rich. I want everyone listening to my voice to be healthy, wealthy, and wise is one of the things that we talk about every single day. But I don't want it just because I want it. I want it because I know that that is part of the blueprint to building a legacy. First, you have to be healthy. Then you then you have to build your money. Then you have to be smart with your money. And those three things, if you can shore that up individually, you can shore that up within your neighborhood, within your community, within your state, and so on and so on. And you can pass it along because everything we're talking about here is a system. We're living under a system. We're living, unfortunately, under a system that has not really made room for us to be successful. So guess what? We're going to have to create our own system. And that's what Nipsey Hussle was doing. Yes, he didn't start off with a silver spoon in his mouth. He didn't start off with all of the great opportunities. But you know what? He made a way for himself out of out of out of the the manure that he was planted in. He made some great food for himself and his community. Community activist Malik uh, Spellman said that Hustle gave most of his money back to the community. He said the man was instrumental in a lot of stuff, fighting gentrification, trying to stop gang violence. And he was a good person. As a matter of fact, um, the police chief in Los Angeles said that they had a meeting set up to discuss gang violence in Chicago. Like today at four o'clock, there was a meeting on the books for Nipsey Hustle to meet with the police force in his community to have a conversation. Now, I talk about that a lot on the show, too, right? I say, hey, if you have crime and violence in your community, how are you working with your mayor and your police force? Did you introduce yourself to them? Do you know? Can you come as a community? Because these are all systemic ways to make changes. And this young man understood that just inherently, just inherently. His first studio album, Victory Lap, was released last February, was nominated for Best Rap Album at the uh, Grammys this past year. He's got a song on there called Blue Laces, which we're going to talk about in a second. But this is a gentleman who 
understood some things. Obviously, he read some things. Obviously, he did some things. He didn't, uh, after he battled with Epic Records to get released back in 2010, he didn't try to run back to get a, a studio deal with one of these record labels because he realized inherently those labels are there for their success, not for his. Again, ownership. Ownership. So he started putting out mixtapes. All money in. He created his own record label. So when he was able to put out his own victory lap, he even raps about this. I don't need anybody to do this. I got my own bank. I got my own back. At the end of the day, this is all I've been talking about every day on these radio airwaves. But also, this is something you need to be asking yourself. We talk about agency, ownership, agency, self-reliance, self-dependency. All of those things should be, let me tell you, if we do that, there's no more racism. That limit. You can hate me if you want to, but if you can't do anything about it, so what? Keep your. That's called prejudice. But if you have agency, you cannot be a victim of racism because you can move differently in the world. So I asked this question, you know, today. There's a lot of, you know, oh, it was a gang. It was gang violence. It was gang violence, and that may be true. Um, you know, they say Malcolm X was killed by the Nation of Islam. They say that, you know, get your hand out of my pocket. But was he really, you know, Martin Luther King, some rogue, (laughs) some rogue operative, right? Was he really? I'm not putting out conspiracy theories because I don't want to engage in those, even though personally I have many and I love them. Actually, I can go down a rabbit hole. Shout out to Jordan Peele all day long, spend all day long in conspiracy land because quite frankly, it feeds an itch that I have. But the reality is... (sighs) If Nipsey Hussle had a succession plan and if he had a blueprint that was duplicatable. Now, so so I'm going to I'm going to make a challenge today to all of the rappers and basketball players that have gone on to their social media, uh, putting out prayers and, uh, you know, well wishes and, and heartfelt condolences to the family of Nipsey Hussle. Pick up his baton, please. You have the means to do that. This gentleman, if you're in the a, in a, in a Los Angeles area. He was trying to buy up the property in that area. As a matter of fact, he was killed in his own strip mall. Three something in the afternoon, broad daylight, murdered, gunned down in his own. In his own strip mall that he owned and he owned that on purpose because he said, I see people coming into our community, buying up our property because it's cheap. So let me buy up our property and let me put businesses in our community and let me put people, our young people to work. It's the blueprint. But if he's not here, who's going to pick up the baton? This is not a marathon nor a sprint. It is a relay race. So shout out to Nick Cannon, who has said on Instagram that he is going to pick up the baton for one area. Nip- Nipsey Hussle was working on a documentary about Dr. Sabi. Dr. Sabi for decades has been known to be a holistic healer who has cured all manner of diseases. Allegedly, I have to say that because we're on airwaves. (laughs) Do I believe he's healed a lot of things? Yeah. Do I believe that he died under suspicious circumstances in a prison? Dr. Sabi? Absolutely. I believe that. I believe that. Do I believe that Nipsey Hussle believed that? Yes. And do I believe that his documentary would have uncovered a lot? I do. So shout out to Nick Cannon. People on Twitter and and other social media saying prayers to Nick Cannon. Let's put a hedge around him. He's going to be all right. I don't think Nick Cannon is going to die because here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
They can't kill all of us. And that's why we need to run this like a relay race. Because if the baton drops, somebody else picks it up. The baton drops somebody. And if they know somebody's going to pick it up, where do you stop? Where do you start? Where do you? There's no place to go because the baton's going to keep getting picked up. So Nick Cannon, please pick up the baton, finish the documentary. Uh, somebody else in L.A., I don't know, uh, the game? Is that his area? Is the game out in L.A.? Yes, I think the game is out in L.A. Can you pick up that baton? And buy up the rest of the property there and start doing that. I mean, like, this has got to be the challenge here, people. This is not rocket science. We all want nice, lovely lives. Let's just be real about it. We all want to live long lives, all of us. Longevity is something we all want to achieve. But the reality is, what good is a long life if it's meaningless? And what good is a long life if you haven't done anything to make your life valuable? So at the end of the day, this race that we're running, this this relay race, Run your leg, run your leg to the best of your ability and then make sure that when you hand that baton off that it can take people even further. That's got to be the goal. So I'm sad that Nipsey Hussle is not here today and I'm sad for his family. I'm sad for Lauren London who was has been with him for five years. They share a child together. I was just watching just last week, GQ uh, released a, an audio, a video actually of them two. Cause GQ has, what is it? 30 questions. They have this 30 question thing. And um, can we play a bit of it? Because this, this was this, I just watched this. So I'm like, let me play. This is uh, Nipsey Hussle and Lauren London on GQ's 30 questions. Hey, I'm Lauren London sitting here with don't cheat. I ain't even, mix I, these I, up. I, I was looking, I mix these I was looking up? at my jury. I wasn't even looking at the uh, the question. Okay. Take two. Hey, what's up? I'm Lauren London, and I'm sitting here with the amazing Nipsey Hussle, the great. This is the GQ couples quiz. Are you ready? Let's do it. He's always ready. See, he stays ready, so he doesn't have to get ready. You got the script down. You know, babe, I'm an actress. What is my favorite movie of all time? You got like three or four. Of all time, though. The one I'm always like, one day. It's called the win. Yes. Can I help you out a little bit? That's right. Yeah, it's right. I got one. You got one. One for hustle. What is my favorite color? I don't know if you ever told me that, but I'll just say red. Because we joked about it. Or purple. Purple. I never remember you saying this is my favorite color. Purple for royalty. So I got that right too. Okay, you did. You're always right. It was never like we had that combo. This is my favorite color. So that's just some shit we gotta establish now. <laughs> Five years and now he learns the purple is my favorite color. Who is my celebrity crush? <laughs> you don't tell me no stuff like that. I ain't the type boyfriend that. His girl be like, this is my celebrity crush. So she's probably, that's some shit you know, and I don't know. You. That's I don't I have a celebrity crush. I'm with my celebrity crush. Right. There you go. That's so sad to watch, actually. Um, when I was playing it today back and cutting it up uh, for today's show, I was like, wow. They seemed like they liked each other. And they have a son together. His name is Cross. And, um, you know, it's really hard to lose any loved one. Uh, but to lose somebody who was doing so much and was potentially on his way, again, Grammy-nominated rapper, uh, but more humanitarian and entrepreneur. He was even getting into the tech space just on his way, always just on their way. 866-801-8255, Nipsey Hussle, gunned down in Los Angeles uh, this weekend in front of his strip mall, three three twenty in the afternoon. Um, 
just horrific, just horrific. Um, in an interview, uh, he talked about being no stranger uh, to, to street life, but being able to parlay that into something different, you know, being able to do something different with the start that he had, to hustle in a different way. That's got to be the goal, to be better, to be better, to be better. I mentioned he was from Eritrea, uh, originally his family. Uh, and, and for those of you who aren't good with geography, which I had to look up myself, let me just say, I knew Eritrea was in the north, but not north, north, more northeast. I knew it was in that corridor over there with the little hook in, the, in Africa because you got the front part, which is on the top near um, Italy and all of that. But then as you come around the east towards the Red Sea, which is part of where Eritrea is, um, it actually, the Red Sea runs on the northeast of you know, drowned in the Red Sea where all of the uh, Pharaoh's army, uh, that's Eritrea, that's Africa. It also borders Sudan to the west and Ethiopia to the south. Um, and together back in ancient times, Djibouti, Ethiopia, Somalia, and the Red Sea coast of Sudan uh, was most likely the land in which ancient Egyptians called Punt, which was mentioned in the 25th century BC, uh, the ancient Puttites, Put, had close relations with the ancient Egyptians uh, and during the rule of Queen Hatshepsut. Hatshepsut. So there you go, a little history. Um, and again, as I mentioned, uh, Nipsey Hussle was also working on a documentary about Dr. Sabi, and he was on The Breakfast Club um, talking about it with The Breakfast Club people. I think this interview was a couple of years ago. And uh, was it this year? I'm not sure, but let's play the first one because many people are theorizing that the reason why he was taken out, and they do believe he was taken out, that it wasn't a random drug or a gang uh, drive-by. This was on purpose because as many people are pointing out, he was so positive. He was doing so much for the community. Why would you take him out? That makes no sense. He was, oh, unless your turf was being encroached upon because this guy was actually bringing positivity in, so you want to take that. But even that is part of the plan, if we're, if we're being honest. If we're being honest, when I go back to Chicago and I think about Chicago, I've said this so many times, or Baltimore, or any other drug-ridden community, ask yourself, the cops know who the criminals are. Why aren't they doing their jobs? <laughs> Can't they clean up these neighborhoods? Yes, they can. So why don't they? Because it's not fiscally prudent to do that. Nor is it because in chaos, you're able to do a lot of things, right? You can c control communities. You can take uh, property. You can you can declare schools, you know, um, you know, null and void and, and have the city take over, the state take over. You can do a host of things under chaos. So you like the chaos if you're in government, if you're in charge, unless you live there. That's why we got to elect people who live, who, who care, who want something to happen. Let's, let's, uh, let's play the first clip from um, his, is this the whole clip about Dr. Sabi from The Breakfast Club? Let's play the first one. It's a lot of little jewels that you're saying, and that's what I like. Like I said, the medicine really is in the candy, because even when you drop a ball like about Dr. Sebi. Yeah. Like just that one thing, they killed Dr. Sebi, will make somebody go research who, who Dr. Sebi is. 100%. Dr. Sebi. Dr. Sebi. Dr. Sebi. I thought it was Sebi. 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 My bad, I said it wrong. You said Sebi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm oh, an LA nigga, man. Too. My lingo a little different. Have you met right? Dr. Sebi? I never met him. I met his wife, and I, I take his products for sure. Now, the coolest guy ever. I mean, he was, uh, when we interviewed him, I think he was about 74. Oh, y'all interviewed him? Yeah, we interviewed him twice. Damn. Not here, but when I was on the other show. He was able to jump from the floor up here on his knees. At, at 70 something. Right. On his knees. Yeah. And he jumped back down to no problems, nothing like that. Why, why you think he they had, killed him? Why do they kill all holistic doctors? Right. 
messing up the medical industry. It's, you playing, you short stopping that grind. Why do niggas get killed for hustling in front of a nigga spot? You short stopping the grind. And these niggas, they check is billions. You got niggas that get flipped for a couple hundred thousand. So you playing with some pharmaceutical money, you know? And what's crazy, I'm, I'm working on doing a documentary on the trial of, in 1985 when Dr. Sebi went to trial against New York. Right. Because he, he put in a newspaper, he cured AIDS. Yeah. Did, did he, did he, he beat, beat the case. case. And he went to federal court the next day and beat that case yeah. on record. Yep. And nobody talk about it. So Nick Cannon, pick up the baton, brother, please. You said it publicly. We're going to hold you accountable because somebody needs to do it. Um, also in that uh, Breakfast Club interview, just let's play the second clip because it also kind of sh- sheds light on what the conspiracy is regarding Dr. Sabi. It's called, his name is Sabi, Dr. Sabi and uh, Nipsey Hussle. Play it. Just to go back to the Dr. Sebi thing real quick. What makes you want to do a Sebi. documentary? Doc- okay, Get Sebi. it right, man. What makes you want to do a documentary about Dr. Sebi? Um, I think the story is important. I think mm-hmm. it's a powerful narrative. It is. You know what I mean? And I think if, imagine this. Anybody in this room, if I could say, hey, somebody cured AIDS, y'all be like, yeah, right. And then I could show you an example of him going to trial and proving in a court to a jury that he cured AIDS. Y'all would be interested in that. Absolutely. And y'all would look into the way he did it, right? So I feel like more so than like championing his products or explaining his methodology, put some light on that case. 